Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Babin, and welcome to another Anyline Anytime podcast. Today, we are talking all about the events industry, one that has been significantly impacted from the events of 2020. Even today, so much uncertainty surrounds the event industry as thousands of people anxiously await the return of some normality. But what will that look like, and when will it happen? That is exactly what we're going to get into today, so get comfortable, and let's get into it. I'll see you on the other side. Joining me in studio is our very own events manager, Natasha Sotomayor, an events professional with a number of years in the industry, and having attended on behalf of some of the largest companies globally, Natasha is going to be able to help shed a lot of light uh, on the serious effects of this past year, as well as what she anticipates in events coming uh, this year and the years after. Also joining us remotely is Michael Hannafin, an account executive at Saks Exhibits with over 15 years experience in events himself. Saks Exhibits has over 40 years of experience specializing in the design and production elements related to the events around the world. Natasha, Michael, so great to have you both with me today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mark, for having us. Really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Looking forward to talking about industry topics. Great. And thanks for getting up nice and early for us, Michael. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, be careful with that one. I'll take advantage of that. <laughs> Brilliant. So let's jump right into the deep end and obviously talk about March of 2020, a month that I don't think many of us could forget with the big impacts of change. Obviously, events were planned, budgets were set, sales teams were getting ready, uh, flights were booked and everything, and then suddenly, almost overnight, no events. Natasha, I'd love to come to you on this first question. Um, what was the initial reaction? I mean, almost immediately from regular day to nothing. What was that like uh, for everything you had planned? Well, I think initially um, when we started seeing events cancel, uh, I was still in a bit of denial. You know, we were still saying this is just a flu. It's no big deal. We're going to bounce back pretty quickly. Um, but soon after events continued to cancel, more and more events started to follow suit. Um, and then I went into a bit of a panic thinking, what am I going to do now? What opportunities are there for me to still support the companies, the goals, um, and making sure that we're still relevant in our own positions and in the market. Um, so it definitely took some time to process, but I think over the last year, event planners were very adaptable. So I was able to move into some new avenues, try some new things, um, and, and learn a lot despite the, the pandemic itself. Yeah, I think that's a super relevant point. I love that you mentioned adaptability because it really forced you out of your comfort zone of something you had so much comfort in perhaps uh, in the years past. And that speaks to most event managers around the world. They had to adapt. Whether they were let go from their positions because companies were downsizing, they had to adapt and learn new skills in order to be marketable and, and present themselves into positions in the future. So I love that you mentioned that point as well. Michael, obviously coming to you, Certainly you had, uh, you know, bookings upon bookings uh, ready for the year with clients and events all set up. Um, but then obviously the news came through that the events weren't going to happen. And much like with Natasha, again, overnight sort of a situation where you have things planned and then suddenly events are being canceled all around the world. I'd love to know your reaction, uh, what your company faced, what the organization faced, and uh, obviously your clients and event centers. What was it like? Sure. I think in the beginning I was a bit naive. Um, I remember like it was yesterday I was in Vancouver 
at a dental show flying through Dallas and then supposed to be in Orlando for HIMSS, the healthcare information management system. And by the time I landed in Dallas, I got an email from my client and a text saying that HIMSS, which is the largest healthcare information management show, um, had been canceled. And that, you know, we were halfway through set up a lot of our booths and boots on the floor. Everyone was working diligently to get everything erected. And all of a sudden it was like the whistle was blown. Let's pack it up and everybody get home. Um, it was just an interesting feeling because we, I think at first, no one really understood the extremeness of the pandemic. And as we were moving towards a pandemic, at that point, like Natasha mentioned, we kind of just thought it was the flu and a little bit of safety. Um, and then from there, all of the other shows started to go virtual and then cancel and rebook. So we've been dealing with a lot of that. Um, it's been hard you know, with different staff members that we've had to do some reductions in force just due to the fact that there's no events. And then we've tried to reallocate our resources into other avenues from virtual to custom lobbies, as well as retail um, and TV studios. So it's been a, almost a big 180, uh, but we're gearing up and getting ready to go back to events and shows in the future, hopefully. So really great points uh, and, and great transition on to having to pivot uh, the business operations and obviously take a different direction to to stay alive and to continue to grow in some capacity. But I do want to come back to one thing that you mentioned there, um, and that was the time period in which I guess we saw this coming. Obviously, when it first hit, like you mentioned, what, is it going to be a week? Is it going to be a month? What's going to happen? There's no way you saw it. We're, we're still in the situation a year later, right? Correct. Never had that vision. I even remember, um, so we closed our offices about mid-March just due to safety concerns for our staff. And I'll never forget, my cousin was getting married in June. I was like, oh, this will be completely blown over and we'll be going to the wedding and, you know, don't cancel anything. And as we got, it was then, it was April and it kept going. And being a year out, I'm still shocked. Um, You know, we're hopefully with the new vaccine and getting everyone onboarded as well as just basic hygienic, you know, wearing masks and sanitizer that hopefully we'll be back, I'd say late August, but you just don't know in today's day and age. Yeah, certainly. And we'll touch on those points again, future. Natasha, I just quickly love your aspect on that as well. Obviously, from your point of view, you're, you're scrambling to figure out what's going to happen. Were you expecting it to go just a few months or not? Not this far, certainly. Yeah, I think similarly to what Michael said, June, July, we thought we'll be back on track. I was still planning. I was still having calls to organize and make sure we had the right resources and staff Um to be on site and to be prepared to, to take these sales calls um, and do follow-ups. Um, and a year later, we I don't think anyone expected we would still be here. And I suspect it's going to be the same until at least the fall. So let's... Hopefully let's, at least. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be going by then, certainly. Well, great. Yeah. I appreciate you guys' insight on that. So thank you. So obviously with, with events typically, you know, as we've known them gone, at least for the time being, um, certainly for an undefined period, it, maybe more defined now than it has been, but more or less undefined. Um, What pivots had to be made within your roles, within your companies and organizations? Uh, Where was that direction transitioned to uh, and why? I'd love, Natasha, on your aspect from a business perspective, we still had to get messages out. The sales team still had material they wanted to share, but we had to pivot in in order to share that effectively, right? Right. And we definitely had to figure out a new way to engage with um, potential customers and clients and, and get our message out there. Um, the one truly wonderful thing about events is it's face-to-face marketing. It's the best way to really engage 
directly and show your company values and show what you have to offer um, in in a more real human sort of way, which uh, virtual platforms don't really give you. So we had to sort of think about how can we still have engagements? How can we still talk to our customers? While it's not exactly face-to-face, we still get some of that engagement. Um, So I think um, myself and like many other companies, we started hosting webinars where we were able to still get our message, but then have some sort of chat function where people could come to us, ask us questions, and we could still engage on that level. Um, It's you know, it's quite a lot to pivot that quickly into doing something completely new. But I think, like I said before, as event professionals, we're all incredibly adaptable um, and we will find the next thing and move on to next steps very quickly. And how about that balance? Because uh, obviously from your comments, that seems to be quite a tricky part. Um, Everyone was doing that transition to online webinars and to some type of virtual sales pitch in some capacity, something to replace those events. But because everyone was going there, it became saturated quite quickly. I know we had success early on. And then obviously, as more and more people were doing these webinars, I mean, I think all of us listening today, Michael, you probably as well, how many webinar invitations are in your email box, right? I mean, thousands upon thousands. So finding that balance was tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the with the word balance, we can't say that we've gone out, we found the balance, and that's it. Um, for me, balance is constantly coming back to the table and figuring out where our where our audience is, how can we engage with them, and how how they consume content, how that changes from when we started in March to where we are now, doing lots of different things from webinars to virtual events to podcasts. Um, so finding that balance just for me means coming back to the table, seeing what works, where our audience is. Um, we leaned a lot on industry virtual events um, where they started to adapt as well um, and included match matchmaking and networking um, as part of their offering. So this gave us another chance to have an almost face-to-face marketing style where we could reach out to those people we wanted to target and we gave them the option if they wanted to, to talk to us as well. Um, so finding that balance um, after webinar and Zoom fatigue um, yeah, was was really important to come back and always ask that question. And I guess continues to be that balance fine. It's not like it's ever a fixed. Exactly. Here it is and this is the way it's going to be. Every day it evolves. Exactly. Yeah, really great. Really great insight. Michael, coming to you, obviously you mentioned a few pivots, but could you give us a bit more detail on, on what some of those transitions were for Saks once the reality sure. really set um, The virtual fatigue, I think, is what hit everyone after the first you know six to eight weeks. And our clients were looking at us as how do we stand out? How do we beat the norm of a regular WebEx or presentation? Um, we've done anything from celebrity mixologists and FedExing out their attendees who pre-registered a mini um, kit, or we did make your own pasta sauce one time so that they would have all the ingredients at their disposal and then could go through and make those with um, a celebrity. So that way it just felt different. It wasn't your average WebEx. There was some more interaction. People could ask questions. So that kind of just did a different flair and um, was a little bit more exciting and engaging. We've also done different gamification. Uh, one of my favorites that we did was for the client's products to spice up one of the web axes was to have a the price is right that people were selected at random 
they could get and put their picture up on the screen and they would have a product. They had to guess the pricing and they moved on. So we did um, a really kind of cool job on that. Other parts that we pivoted in our business, um, we've done a lot of TV studios in the past, but that spiked up just because viewership is up a lot more due to people being home. So that's been a new avenue for us to have a lot of fun in. And then looking at retail, um, you know, some of our clients are trying to get more into the hands-on experience as opposed to having going through distributors. So we've designed a few storefronts, um, which has been kind of fun in, in the anticipation of bouncing back um, when COVID is over with. Really interesting pivots, really interesting points. Coming back to that point about obviously one of your customers wanting to be more hands-on, can do you have any other examples of, of some of the, like how the, your clients and how those organizations took this? Were they immediately looking for that innovation or was there a period where they didn't know where to go? Or is it just try everything and see what sticks? In the beginning, I think it was try everything and just, you know, see what people are comfortable with. I think getting a lot of people on a WebEx for a long period of time was a strain in the beginning, just because we're, we're humans. We're used to talking and the interaction. Even if you work in an office, there's still the water cooler chat. If you get to meet people and talk about what happened last night on a TV show or have a personal experience, which gets tapered off with when you're at home and fully remote. So in the beginning, it was more of just getting people used to the Zoom and the WebEx and getting online and not having any issues with connectivity. And then after that, it was like, how do we just make it new and fresh and have people say, hey, that was great, or it was fun, and it was personal, even though we are remote. Um, And that's what we've been looking for time and time again. I love how it keeps coming up in our discussions on this series, but how how this past year, as negative as it was um, in a lot of aspects, it really forced a lot of creativity and a lot of great ideas, all these engagement ideas you're talking about, Michael, and, you know, really moving these things to areas they haven't been in before. Um, yeah, I love that it's really forced innovation. I guess you'd feel the same way, right, Michael? Yes. Yeah, brilliant. It's been challenging, but it's been fun. Yeah, challenging, but again, that's sort of that that push to get creativity out the door, I guess, which is always nice. (laughs) Natasha, same thing. I guess this has kind of really forced us to be creative and in your role, really to think outside the box um, in a short amount of time. Yeah, I think it's, it's really fantastic to have to, to step outside your own comfort zone, try and think about how you're going to be able to support, um, how to get in front of your audience and and really get them to engage in a new way because it's completely different doing it online virtually than when you're doing it face to face. Um, in when you go to a trade show, when you go to a trade fair, um, you know there is no longer the opportunity that someone can just come to your booth and listen to a two minute speed pitch for you know in exchange for some sort of giveaway, a, a notebook or a pen or a backpack, whatever. So there has to be sort of a new way to to reach the audience without being overly salesy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that leads really great into the next point. Now, obviously, 2020 is behind us. We can leave it there. Don't open that box again. I think we can all be pretty comfortable there. But I guess still a lot of uncertainty as far as events moving forward. Um, obviously, organizations and, and event companies are trying to get dates on the calendar, but they keep getting pushed because of the developments around the world. I think a couple of events have probably been pushed three or four times by now. Um, but when events do come back, will we see them the, the way they were in the past or will they have some type of innovative 
merge between this last year and and the way it was? Like, will we see more virtual elements in these large events this year? Natasha, I'd love your opinion on this. Sure. So, um, yeah, I do think in in general, for sure, we're going to get back to live events. Um, we, anyone in the event industry knows, you know, we love to socialize. We love to be face-to-face. We like to have those conversations. Um, however, I do think virtual is going to have a big place in the future. Um, you know, studies have shown that attendees really appreciate being able to attend a conference and consume content from home, um, and they're happy to do it. So those who were unable to join previously because of budget restrictions or travel restrictions, they can now come in and they can hop on and off for the things that they're most interested in. Um, so for sure, I think virtual is going to have a place. Um, in contrast, for sponsors, exhibitors, people who are going to those events and trying to engage, I think there is a little bit, it's a little bit harder for them, especially for the smaller brands to stand out. Um, as I mentioned before, there's no walking into a booth by chance. Um, so you really have to do something above and beyond. So changing the normal sales, the selling technique um, to really engage. And I think while we will have hybrid events, we will have virtual. Um, one thing that virtual event organizers are going to need to consider is, you know, a more immersive matchmaking networking experience um, where there are more qualifying questions um, that are learned up front um, so that sales teams and business development teams can really structure conversations um, to be rewarding for both sides, whether it's I'm just interested, or if it's I'm ready to buy. Um, I think that'll be a little bit of a challenge, but I look forward to seeing um, how the event organizers do. Yeah, and I'm sure there will be some growing pains in that. I think those first events may fall back to what they know, but then as they get more comfortable, perhaps in the years, start to bring in these elements, as as you mentioned, would you agree? Yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's certainly... uh, topic that we're going to learn about a lot in the coming years. Michael, coming to you on this side, obviously as a company that supports other companies being at these trade shows, um, how do you see it? Anything different from what Natasha said, or do you kind of see this bridge happening over the next few years? Sure. I'm a little biased um, just due to my background that we love live events and that's our you know, core business model. I think we will have a hybrid element to them. Um, in my mind, it's a little bit different than the 2009-ish, 2010 aftermath of the financial crisis where people were afraid to even ask to go to an event um, just due to money being tight and the current climate on that. I think here, once people are vaccinated and you know the first few shows, I think will be tough. But as the ball gets rolling, people miss traveling. They miss that interaction. I think we'll need the hybrid for a follow-up or if you can't go, but I still think there'll be a strong push and we'll see it you know, start to ramp up and get back to normal. Um, But I think that hybrid event is always here to stay. Yeah, I like how you mentioned, I think initially everyone is just itching for human contact, (laughs) itching to go to these events and speak to more than five different people in a day. Uh, So I love the fact that you're bringing that up because I think that's super relevant. But then, yeah, as these events go on, maximizing the attendance base and maximizing the sponsors opportunities um, and really going into these with as, as good of a potential as possible. And if you can't attend, there's a virtual element. So really nice elements from both. I love it. Great. Well, again, super interesting. I think lots of good takeaways here. Um, Obviously important 
that when the physical uh, element comes back with events, conferences, and trade shows, that the industry will be ready and waiting. I think certainly everyone's sort of itching at the bit to get going um, and book those flights for your team members and have those event dates on the calendars and really start uh, sending supplies to these events. I think that's a time we're all really, really looking forward to. So, great. I really appreciate uh, both of your uh impact and and insight on this. I think lots of really good insights from both of you on two different, really different um, aspects to the industry, which is nice to come up from from two different paths. Before we wrap up, any final notes? Michael, come to you. Any any th- thoughts before we No, thank up? you so much for having uh, myself and I appreciate it. And hopefully we can connect sometime soon on the show floor. Absolutely. Look forward to it. And Natasha as well, any final notes? Yeah, again, thanks uh, for the invitation, being here. It was a great conversation today. Um, and to all the other um, event professionals, those in the exhibit industry, we're always been very resilient um, and we, you know, help each other out. So looking forward to getting back on show floor, getting back onto events um, and being able to support everyone out there. Yeah, and finally put some of those action statements we had <laughs> into the events of going doing some really cool a- activations on site. So really, really looking forward to that as well. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. Really, really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, great insights to carry forward for the audience. So again, thank you so much. Well, I'm certainly more optimistic about 2021 after this great discussion with Natasha and Michael. Plenty of great insights that show a great outlook for the industry and those of you who work within it. It sounds like companies have really been forced to innovate and that will only help them when live events come back in 2021. I really hope that this topic was something you can take valuable insights away from. And of course, if you have any questions about something we discussed today, do not hesitate to let us know and we'll get back to you with some answers as soon as we can. Until next time, thank you all so much for listening. Wishing you well from Austria. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy. I'll catch you on the other side.